Welcome to the Lead Me On podcast, where we give you practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. My name is Lori King-Taylor, and I'm here with my co-host, Lori Gorell. For more than 25 years, we've been educating and coaching individuals who want to transform the way they lead. Join us each week as we provide inspiring conversations to help you increase your capability to lead with greater impact and influence. Get ready. It's time to lead me on. Good morning, Lori King-Taylor. Good morning, Lori Garrell. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. Of course you are. I am so glad. (laughs) And how are you? I am doing wonderful myself. Thank you very much. Looking forward to a brand new year and lots of exciting things and projects and anticipation. So I'm very excited. Very happy. I think I think it's going to be a good year. I think it is, too. It's going to be a great year. You know, I put a little meme on Facebook that said, hey, 2021, 2020 set the bar really low, so don't mess this up. <laughs> How true. How true. So I'm excited about our topic today because it's something that I know I've personally have experienced and I think most of our listeners have probably experienced that and that's toxic employees, whether it's people that report to us or it's our coworkers. And There's a pretty high price to pay if we allow toxicity to stay in our work environment. Yeah, there really is. And and it is something I think that at least sometimes in our life we are all going to deal with. And I know I work with a lot of clients who deal with this on a regular basis. So let's start out by kind of defining what a toxic worker is. And Harvard Business School defined it as a worker that engages in behavior that is harmful to an organization, including either its property or its people. And I think we really need to focus in and talk about that toxic people, how harmful they are to other people in the organization. And I think, I think those toxic people too kind of defy logic. Uh, so many of them are just blissfully unaware that they're even toxic, um, that they have a negative impact. They don't realize that what they do on a daily basis truly affects other people in the workplace. I think it's their their go-to mentality. They don't know any differently than how they've always been, and they have no concept of the cloud that walks with them everywhere they go. Yeah, blissfully unaware. Yeah. And that has a lot to do with, you know, something we talk a lot about in emotional intelligence, that self-awareness. And I, I would venture to say that for most leaders, most managers, it is difficult to bring that to someone's attention. Someone who hasn't said, wow, I want to do personal development. I want to work on my emotional intelligence and, um, I'm ready to be more self-aware, right? So it's those typically aren't the people who say I want to work on it because they don't know they need to. And it's difficult to bring it up. 
but there are so many valid reasons why, as a leader or a manager, we need to address it. We, we've talked before about self-awareness and the fact that, you know, 85% of us think that we are quite self-aware, when in fact only 10 to 15% of us truly are. And those toxic employees fall into that statistic. They probably think that happens with toxic employees in the workplace is the stress factor. It's such a, it's, it's stressful for everyone. And it's also stress on an organization, not just individuals. It is. And what we need to realize is stress has long-term effects on us, not only emotionally, but it has long-term effects on us physically. So if we're allowing toxic employees in the workplace and they are creating stress, not only for you as a leader, but they are creating stress for the people around them, that's going to have a negative effect in so many different areas. And then the effect that stress has on the brain, the negative effect that exposure to stress, even for just a few days, compromises your effectiveness of the neurons in your brain. And so where it really has its biggest impact is in that hippocampus, which is where those long-term memories are stored. And we already, I don't know about you, I already have enough problems with my memory. <laughs> I don't want something adding even more um, stress to that part of my brain. And because that hippocampus, that's where your memories are, that's where your reasoning is. So even just you know, a few days of stress compromises that. You take that into weeks, you can have um, reversible damage, but you can have some damage to um, those little arms in your brains that cause the communication between yourselves. And then months of it, you've got permanent damage. And so I think as leaders, we're responsible for the mental health of our employees. Absolutely. But as leaders and managers, we're also responsible for our profit and loss, the cost that stress incurs. And it's, there's individual costs that, that also Harvard Business Review pointed to, you know, as I said, toxic employees cost the, an organization upwards of $12,500. And, and I would even challenge that. It's like, no, I think it's much, much bigger because then you get into turnover because good people are leaving. And we all know how very costly it is to replace people because of turnover. So yeah. toxicity is such a huge expense that we don't have a line item for it in our budget. We don't have a toxic employee line item that we're budgeting for. This, well, you this, know, you mentioned that Harvard study, that $12,500. That does not even begin you know, to take into consideration, like you said, the turnover, but also uh, litigation that can come from other employees when you're not handling those situations. Uh, it doesn't uh, handle different penalties that can happen because of it. So there's a lot more than that 12500 that we can't even really put our finger on. Yeah, and it, it just comes straight off of the bottom line those expenses. If you start losing your best people, 
because of a toxic employee, what is that going to cost you as a leader? I think, though, rather than spending time on focusing on these negative impacts of toxicity, let's talk about what we can do as strategies, as coping strategies, as turnaround strategies to manage through the toxicity. I think that's a great idea. So one of the coping strategies that we've identified is about focusing on the solutions, not about how difficult or troubling that person is. Because as you and I have said over and over, you get what you focus on. So if we're going to focus on their toxicity, that's what we're going to get more of. But if we focus on the solutions, then there is an opportunity to correct it or end it. Yeah, you know, you think about if you have a toxic employee in your organization and you're focused on, oh my gosh, you know, Sam is constantly bringing negativity and you wake up in the morning and that's what you focus on. And, and it, it all comes down to some of those emotional intelligence strategies that we talk about with dwelling on things and foreshadowing things. We're putting our brains into this total negative uh, mentality because we are so focused on the toxic toxicity that we will bring that negative vibe into the workplace as well. So when we can totally look at what are the solutions and what can I do about this problem and focus on the positive, then we're really going to be able to propel ourselves into um, a much better position as a leader. Right. One of the tools that we've shared previously was um, the four boxes, and that was just a mindset shift. So a, a quick recap on that is when we first consider box when we first considered that toxicity that we're focused on and box two was thinking of all the evidence that says see i'm right this person is toxic they're ruining our environment look how bad they are i'm waking up every day thinking about this box three being is how do i show up when i am focused on that i am bringing all of that bundle of of energy with me that's still focused on how bad they're behaving. So my behavior would perpetuate it if I'm focused on it. And when we behave that way, we invite results. We invite behavior. And the results we invite might be turnover. The results we invite might be uh, not managing that person correctly. And they keep doing their bad behavior. And we're like, see, I told you, they're, they're just top terrible, terrible for our organization, but we have to disconnect for that. And the importance of looking through those four steps is so that we can more clearly see where we need to disconnect. I can't keep focusing on the toxicity. I really need to focus on having a strong team. And so if I'm focused on a strong team, where, where do my actions come from now? So that, that exercise is really just to help us disconnect from the mindset and get into a mindset that's going to move us forward and build our strong team. Yeah, and once you've made that disconnection and you're able to kind of really focus on the solutions, one of the first things that you need to do is start gathering your information. Absolutely, getting some specifics. You, 
you can't go to somebody and be able to say you're a very negative employee, you're very toxic to the environment, if you don't have some really good examples of their behavior that is toxic. And it can't just be, well, you're just always so negative. You have to be able to come back and say, when we are in meetings, this is what you do. Or when we were in our meeting Wednesday at nine o'clock, this is what your behavior was. So we have to gather that information. And when we do, we need to be very specific with it. You know, we've talked, gosh, probably a thousand times during these podcasts about journal, 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 journal. This is a good place for where that journaling comes into play because you can start keeping a journal of the activity of what's going on with this particular employee and you can you you have a date stamp with it. Because these folks are because they are not self-aware, you have to have those very specific moments. You have to be able to point to something um, I think, too, when we're gathering information and we're seeing it for ourselves, but we're also asking other people um, what their experience is, right? Because maybe they've complained. They said, look, I can't work for this person anymore. Okay, give me examples. That when you take those examples to the toxic person, you don't throw the, the other employee under the bus and say, well, Corey said you are just... A tyrant to work with and every time he comes to your desk blah 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 it's you can't you can't use that to harm other people and you also have to bring it from your perspective that it comes from what I've noticed the data I've gathered not we see this or we've been talking because that just throws them into a whole nother stratosphere of, of reaction and going what do you mean we are you talking about me? Right. You really have to be careful how you present the data that you've gathered. Yeah. Once you say the word we or you say the word another employee brought this to my attention, they stop listening to anything else you have to say at that point because their, whole, their brain is now focused on who is the other person, who's talking about me, who's against me. So absolutely, it's all got to come from the leader's perspective of this is what I've noticed, this is what I understand, you know, even though the notes may have come. So that leads us to you've gathered your information, you really do have to sit down and talk with the other person. You know, we mentioned that so often these people are just totally self-unaware uh, uh, of themselves. And so just being able to sit down and actually have that conversation. And it is a tough conversation to have, but it is very necessary in order to move forward. It is, and it's also probably a good idea to prepare. And in preparing, I would say, even refer back to our episode on conflict, right? And I think we did that in episode 12. How do you prepare for those conversations that could get a little dicey, could get a little sticky? Because oftentimes we're not having those conversations readily because we're afraid of the conflict it's going to create. 
So prepare for it well. And that is the key is preparing. And as you're preparing for that is thinking about what could the objections be from the employee that you're talking to? Because a lot of times their first response is going to be a response of defensiveness and they're going to try to put the blame off on someone else or they're going to blame a situation and, and you need to think through what the objective of objections of the other employee are going to be so that you have a good counter to those. So that preparation is going to be huge. It is. And it also would be as part of that preparation to really consider where that person is coming from. So practicing the empathy muscle. And where are they coming from? What might they be experiencing and hearing this? What might be going on in their world? So that you are very aware of how they might react, but also how you deliver the information. And once you've delivered the information and they are now in that listening mode and not in such a defensive mode, you really have to set some very clear expectations with that employee of what is expected of them in the future, not just you have to do better, very specific expectations. So they know what uh, they're performing to. And with actions, it's the expectation is one thing, but when you're being specific that it's very action oriented and it's something that you can come back to and it's really important that you round back and have another conversation. How are they doing to these very specific expectations and actions so that they are getting feedback one way or the other? And that's crucial is that feedback. We need to know when we're doing well. So if, if we've been given very clear expectations of how behavior needs to change in the future, that employee needs to know when they're doing well with that. Hey, you know, I noticed really uh, big changes with you in the meeting and how you did change your approach. And I greatly appreciate how you've done that. And so when we get that feedback, it makes us want to do it again. You know, positive feedback, gives those little dopamine drips in the brain. When we get those, we want to do them again. So we're reinforcing that, that really good behavior. And when we acknowledge someone like that, it's also important to take into consideration the, the style of that person, the, the work style, the personality style of that person. For some, it will be fine to say, I've really noticed it, great job. I'm very pleased to keep up the good work. And other people are going to need back to that specifics. Specifically tell them how they are, where they have improved, where you've noticed it. So they, their brain has something to attach to. Oh, that's the behavior that they really liked. Um, so we need that, that brain attachment, but some people just need that specific. Otherwise, it's still just fluff. And unless they get the examples. Precisely. Yeah. You, you say, hey. So sometimes these toxic members of our, our teams are the constant complainers, the ones that are always at our desk with the problem. And that's all they bring to us. 
is the complaining or the problem. So I think that we should address that quickly here. And yeah, because we talk about empathy. You mentioned empathy and how we need to be empathetic. But at the same time, you don't want to be that person that they can come to and just whine and whine and whine because you're practicing empathy. I encourage my leaders to when they have people who come to them constantly with problems is to set a rule that if you come to me with a problem, bring a solution with you. Doesn't mean it's the solution that we're going to latch on to, but just come to me with a solution because it does two things for you. One, if it makes me think for a solution. So when your employees know that they're required to bring a solution, they start thinking about solutions to the problem. But it also keeps them out of your office if all they want to do is whine and complain. You know, it, it is an excellent addition to ground rules. We covered ground rules in episode 13, and that is an addition that if you're going to come to me or any team member with a problem, a solution or a, a recommendation is automatically attached to start our discussion. And when you have it as a ground rule, you have it to point to that this, this is what we've stated needs to happen if you're going to come to me with a complaint. You know, the other thing it does for an employee, besides just kind of cut that this is a no wine zone, is that it shows that you're looking to them for solutions, that you are not the only solution maker. So if there's a problem and you can't come to me with the problem without a solution, you're also giving them that encouragement that you as the leader want their ideas and want their suggestions on how to solve problems in the future. I think that builds the team all around. If that expectation is set for everyone, whether you're a the toxic person or not, because if you're asking that of the toxic employee, the other team members are going to see that you value everyone's input and it, it can shift relationships. And I, I think that's incredibly important. The other thing that I want to bring up is kind of the elephant in the room when dealing with toxic employees. And that is there is a time when you are going to have to terminate toxic employees. If you think about, you know, the example that we've used before is bad apples, rotten apples. And if you think about, I love to keep a fruit bowl in my house and I love apples. But if you have an apple with one bad spot on it and you don't take that apple out and throw it away, it affects all the other apples in the fruit bowl. So at some point, You've got to look at that and say, is it now time? Have I done everything that I can do to help turn this person around and they're not willing to turn around? And so now it's time to take the bad apple out of the fruit bowl so that it doesn't have that negative effect on the emotional and the mental on your other employees, the financial that we talked about at the very beginning, you know, 
when is enough enough? And that financial piece is huge, but the the cause of the financial piece is often the turnover, and you don't want to be losing truly solid, good people just because you want to keep coaching somebody that's not willing to be coached. And and Patrick Lencioni, I think it's in his book, The Advantage, is, is where it's highlighted. And it's like you have to be willing to coach people out of the organization when it's time. Yeah, there is a time where you have to say, it doesn't seem that you're happy here, that this isn't a good fit for you. So let's look at where you might be better suited. Maybe it's time for you to start looking at where you could be happier. And so you're, you're kind of giving them that, okay, you're on your way out of our organization. I'm giving you your heads up, your warning now. And let's start. And, and maybe you even bring in an outplacement organization that can work with that employee to help them look at their skill set and see what other company they might be a better fit at. I think the important to be vague is to be very specific so someone doesn't get an idea that they can still rally at that point. Um, hey, it's time for you to start looking and they try to all of a sudden start saving themselves. But to be very clear, this we're creating a transition plan. And here's the start of the transition plan. And, and part of that is you will get outplacement services. And this is the date where it will and not we're shooting for. So that it's very specific. I'm pretty sure that we have raised the ears that people have really started um, picking up because we've all experienced toxicity in the workplace. And we know that it doesn't feel good. We don't want to be that person. We don't want to be around that person. So are we ready for the wrap-up of the practical solutions for extraordinary leadership? I believe we are. And I think our first practical solution is we really have to observe the cost of a toxic employee. There's a financial cost, but also the cost to your team. And getting an understanding of what that cost is, and if you kept that person and lost everybody else, what that would mean to you. Second solution on, solution is really focus on those solutions. So what are some things you can do? Make sure that you're very clear with where their behavior has been toxic in the past and how we can move forward. So stop letting it go through your mind and dwelling on it and really look at those solutions. And then our third is to be very candid and clear when you have the dialogue with that employee and setting very specific expectations for how their should, behavior should be in the future. And don't forget, pay attention when it is time to terminate. Yes, we, we just always want to hold on to that. And, and termination, I totally understand, is the last thing you want to do. But sometimes, a lot of times, it's absolutely necessary. Thank you, Lori King-Taylor. And our next, next episode is going to cover toxic bosses. 
So we're going to flip this one around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that one as well. So thank you, Lori King-Taylor, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a great day. You too. All right. Just in time because my next call is in three minutes. Two minutes. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would so appreciate a review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. If you're interested in knowing more about our upcoming events or working with one of us personally to transform the way you lead, visit our websites. For Lori King-Taylor, visit trinityperformancesolutions.com. And for Lori Gorell, visit upwardsolutionscc.com. Until next week.